Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this day that we celebrate the memory of Chris Duncan, what would have been his 39th birthday, Michelle and Randy go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and the Hall of Famer and one of our all-time favorites, Tony LaRussa, is standing by. Skipper, great to have you with us. How you doing? Well, I'm pleased that uh, Chris is being recognized because we need, we need to remember him for what he was. Absolutely. Hey, before we get to Chris, last time we talked to you, you were kind of stuck in Arizona. You hadn't been able to make it back to California yet. Where are you as we speak to you this morning? Stuck in Arizona. Oh, man. You know, as long as, uh, you know, California remains so uh, so locked down, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, there isn't any way for me to go up there and maneuver. So I'm I'm here. Uh, Tony, earlier in the show, Randy and I were talking about the Netflix show Tiger King, and it seems like during quarantine, almost everyone has watched that. And as an animal lover, obviously, it's it's based around animal sanctuaries and the mistreatment of animals. I'm just curious if you watched it, and if so, what your takeaway was from Tiger King. Well, Michelle, I wish I could say I did. I've, I've seen it advertised. It's on my list to watch. I have not yet, but uh, I am looking forward to it, and and I know it's getting very well received. Tony, you watched Chris Duncan literally grow up around that Oakland clubhouse. And uh, I want to start there with he and Shelly, because he he talked about how those were such fond memories of him for him as a kid. What was it like for you as the manager of that team, having Chris and Shelly running around that clubhouse? Well, uh, you know, it actually starts with Dave and I signing a contract with the Kansas City A's with one year apart. So we knew each other, you know, long before each of us were fathers uh, and husbands. So uh, to watch later on uh, both the guys, you know, you know, born and, and grow up, uh, especially as they got old enough to come to the clubhouse. Uh, and every year you see them get, you know, taller and bigger. And, uh, and it, you, they had that love of the game. I mean, they, you know, a lot of it, they had, uh, Janine's personality and, and, and Dunk's toughness and uh, intelligence about you know, wanting to learn the game right. But, you know, just watching him progress and uh, and then, you know, into in a pro career was, uh, you know, it was fun to watch. It was like, uh, you know, I, I always thought I was her uncle. Well, then was that difficult for you in a way when he became a member of your team? Because we know that baseball is a business and sometimes tough decisions have to be made. But was it difficult for you to sometimes have to put Chris in that category, knowing the relationship that you've had with him? That's a really good question, because the the honest answer is we treated everybody in uniform as part of our family. So really, it was nothing that distinguished, you know, uh, Chris, uh, Chris. from Skip Schumacher, for example, because family was family. Uh, and the other thing you, which is absolutely essential, 
you know, uh, there are two things, and, and you have to do them together. One is you have to build close relationships. That's what family is about. But if, if you're the manager or if you're the father, then you cannot shirk your responsibility to make a tough decision or have a tough conversation. So uh, it was Chris was just part of the family, and uh, it's just that, you know, it's a special, warm uh, enjoyment, especially to see Dave just really, really enjoy watching his son there at the big league level. Tony, when uh, when they were youngsters, when they were uh, teenagers going out and catching fly balls after games at the Oakland Coliseum, uh, Duncan told us about how rambunctious he and Shelley were. Is that something that you witnessed, or were you in your office just kind of shielded away from the, the rambunctiousness of those two kids? Well, yeah, no, I wasn't shielded that way. Was that, uh, <laughs> because it was obvious. And the thing, too, you know, Oakland had an amazing cast of characters that encouraged the boys, you know, to act up and, and show themselves. They were, you know, they were prompting them to, uh, you know, to get into things and be a part <laughs> of just about everything we did, whether it's in the clubhouse or on the field. Uh, so uh, you could see. But the other thing, and, uh, you know, I, I saw that with McGuire's kids later on, uh, the respect and the love, because if they ever got to where they got on the wrong side of the line, they would either just clear his throat or say, hey, that's enough. And instantly, you know, it was it was over. I mean, it was a, a beautiful thing to see. Tony, we know that Chris took his craft very seriously, whether it was baseball or broadcasting as a second career, and that he prepared. We know all of these serious things about him, but I think whenever we speak to people about Chris and what they remember about him, the first thing they talk about is his personality, a sense of humor, and how he would lighten up every room that he walked in. So when you think about that and how funny he was, is there maybe one story that you can share with us that when you think about Chris Duncan just makes you laugh? Well, uh, you know, it's interesting because, you know, he came up, as you know, and has written a rookie season in 2006 under some very difficult circumstances because uh, we were hurting, needed his production, and we played him in the outfield, which wasn't his position. Uh, and he didn't, you know, he in the when around his teammates that, uh, you know, he got to know, you know, he, he, let it, he let it go, but he was a very serious competitor there and very much into the competition and in the next two years as you know you know he had a sports hernia and a neck issue so uh it wasn't really till till he retired that he got on radio that you you had a chance to see the personality and a sense of humor uh and it's something that we all regret because i mean I, i'm i think about it to this day you know it's, it's so sad because uh before he would he could have got into radio after a, a 12, 15 year career. I mean, this man, what he did in 06 with the barest of experiences was what he would have done and gotten better and better. You know, a, a true power hitter that hit for a reasonable average, a tough competitor, and every place in the minor leagues as he grew up with Shu and Yachty and those guys. And he was one of the team leaders because he was into the competition and he was into closeness. So, uh, Chris. You know, I hate to to harbor on it, but I think about it often. You know, we we missed a lot with the injuries because even before he had to retire and, and he had the uh, the health issue, uh, the last two years that he was actually in uniform with us, and the injuries robbed him of 
of, of what he could have been as a productive player. He could have been a star. The Cardinal Hall of Fame manager, Tony La Russa, is with us on 101 ESPN. And, Tony, uh, I was mentioning this. We talked to David Eckstein earlier. And when he was hurt during that uh, 2007 season, late in the season, I had a long conversation with him about what he was going through. And he he had such a great baseball mind, and uh, he he was so well-spoken. And I said, why don't you talk to the media much? And I know you'll appreciate this. He said, that's not my place. And here he was in the lo- locker room with with. <laughs> Uh, Albert and Roland and and Yachty. He said, "Hey, the, the, this is the veterans' room. This this is their place to talk to the media. It's not my place to talk to the media." That's just a great example of the respect that he had for baseball. No, you're right. You're, you're right. Uh, uh, it's just very typical of David. You know, a very proud man, uh, very responsible, accountable kind of player. I mean, it, it, but he just come, you know, he was a 2002 world champion. So, I mean, he came in our, in our clubhouse with a lot of credentials, a lot of respect, but it wasn't uh, his nature. But, you know, you know, like Michelle asked her favorite story. My very favorite story was the first year that we got into the playoffs with him. And uh, it happened, uh, we earned our spot playing in Cincinnati. That's when we got the, you know, we got the number down to zero. And it coincided with Bill DeWitt's home. So they arranged, Bill arranged over at Morton's, which was right next to the hotel, a team dinner. And as we sat there, and we had all the Star Wars. In fact, Reggie Sanders became the master of ceremonies, went around the room, talked, made, made sure everybody spoke about what this meant to them to you know, play on a, a division champion and the possibilities of going forward. When David... It was his turn. Uh, in fact, uh, Ray said he got to stand on a chair, which everybody laughed at. <laughs> uh, but his his speech, it was what it turned out to be. He spoke about four or five minutes, and it was just so uh, motivating about what was ahead of us and, and how we had to embrace the moment and the toughness that we had to show to, to go forward. I mean... It's my favorite David Eckstein story because it shows you, you know, inside that heart. Uh, he had like he had a secretariat kind of size heart. In that side, there, there was a brain and guts and, and heart and uh, competitiveness that uh, we all should try to emulate. Tony, yesterday MLB Network had Albert Pujols Day where they played a lot of the great games that he experienced and a lot of the great Albert Pujols moments. So as somebody that had a front row seat to almost all of it, if you were to be in charge of MLB Network and you were making the lineup with the great Albert Pujols games or the great Albert Pujols moments, what's one game or moment that you think absolutely had to be shown? Boy, uh, yeah, I I was thinking – because, you know, I got interviewed for that thing. Uh, I was thinking that over the 11 years, you would have a laundry, a long laundry list of, of moments like that. And how do you pick the ones that are the best? I thought they did a good job because, obviously, the, the great uh, competition with the, uh, with the Cubs and the, uh, the day hit the three home runs effect, you know, a lot of our baseball guys called me and said, hey, was it really a hit and run? I said, yeah, it was a hit and run. You know, home run right field. I mean, Albert loved to play hit and run. He was a team guy. But 
the back-to-back home runs to win. I, there was one though that uh, that this kind of got lost in the shuffle, and it became very important in 2006 because we got in and we won. But you know, we struggled there at the end. We had the injuries that brought us back to the pack, and we were limping at the end. And uh, you know, we had gotten to where we only had like a like a game lead or something, and San Diego came in, and we were behind the game. And they had, I forget the, the guy's name. He's a right-hand kind of a side-wheeler with a real good sinker. And Albert hit a three-run homer in the eighth inning to take us from behind to put us ahead. And uh, when you think of how precious every one of those wins were and the fact that we got in the last day, I think that three-run homer and what it turned out to be as far as getting us into the playoffs and winning a World Series, that would be one I would put on the list. We always sit here about Albert Pujols, and you know, Randy and I were talking about him yesterday saying whenever he f- came to the plate, you felt like he could do something great, and he would do something great. As a fan, as a media member, we always felt that. Did you feel that same way as his manager? Because I know you have to couch things and be pragmatic, but did you have that same feeling as his manager? Oh, absolutely. But the thing that you learn, and we learned it really as a rookie, but he did it. He never really um, embraced – his stardom in the sense that it changed him. It just made him hungrier and better because he was more experienced. But the thing, one reason I enjoyed it so much, and this is something that I think Cardinal fans got to appreciate because of their knowledge of the game. And I mentioned it on that interview. You know, the way you teach the game at that time and the way you should still teach it now is that you play the scoreboard. The scoreboard dictates what you what you what your responsibility is when you go to the go to the plate, and Albert played the scoreboard, so it was a wonderful, beautiful thing to just watch him be aware. And you know, we even have conversations. He's always learning. He says, "Well, do you?" I was thinking this. What do you think? And I know he had it with the hitting coaches. Same thing when he played defense or base running. Uh, but the the fact that he was so committed to being a complete player, a complete winning player, and teammate. And my absolute probably favorite uh, comment about him, and, and people could see it, he could be 0 for 4 in a tie game, and he's on the top step cheering when he's in the dugout. He was totally into the winning. He wasn't moping in the corner. It's not my day. Uh, I mean, he's perfect. I, you, could, you can't make him any better than he was and is. Hey, Tony, before we let you go, we know that you are about winning. Here you are now, nine years removed from that last game that you managed, the 2011 Cardinals World Championship. As you reflect now, what sticks with you more, those wins or the tough losses? What do you remember and think about more? Well, the definition is correct that you suffer the losses more than you enjoy the win. So um, I think you have to work hard to, and I do, to remember, you know, the, the wonderful winning moments. That's one of the neat things about, if there is a neat thing about this isolation period, you know, you take walks and you fill your mind with memories. Uh, the losses are the ones that, you know, you, if you if you lose a tough game, especially if you think you had a decision that you didn't pull the right trigger on, uh, you know, you could I mean, literally walk the streets for hours because you couldn't sleep. But I tell you, Randy, there's another part even more important the wins and losses are the relationships. And I've learned, you know, the family-type situations, Chicago, Oakland, St. Louis, the payback for all of us, every one of the members of the team, among themselves and with the coaches, the trainers, and 
And the manager uh, is by far the most important part of that career. Well, we're so thrilled that we have the relationship with you. We love you, and we thank you for coming on. Continue to be safe, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk again soon. Look forward to it. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Tony.